Human Podcast. This is episode 137, and I sat down with Deborah Evans Price. She's a journalist and an author, and for those of you into country music, you may recognize her name because um, she writes for Billboard and Rolling Stone, uh, and she writes about country music. And she's also the co-founder of Country Faith, and I don't want to spoiler alert, so uh, we'll we obviously talk about that in the show. So I uh, I won't give anything away. Uh, if there are things we talk about in the show that you find interesting, you may in fact find more information on the links page on heyhumanpodcast.com. Please check it out. Uh, I, I do my best to make sure that links page is full up for every episode. Um, also on heyhumanpodcast.com is the Amazon portal. If you shop Amazon, please do so through the Amazon portal. It helps support Hey Human. If you'd like to email me, you can do so, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have a story you want me to know about, or if a friend of yours or someone you know has an interesting story, please let me know by emailing me. Um, I want to hear about everything, so please do that. I hope you enjoy this last episode of the year. I'm excited for the new year. Lots of really great episodes coming up. Uh, this one in particular I thought would be a nice way to end 2018 because we talk about faith and love and hope and all that good stuff. And uh, so it just seemed like a nice way to to close out the year. Thank you everyone for listening um, and for spreading the word. Huge thanks to those of you who donated this past year. It helps uh, me keep this going on and ad-free, which makes me happy. <laughs> um, please uh, rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. I really appreciate it, and uh, I wish you all a very wonderful new year. Um, big love and joy and success and all all the good stuff. Thanks again for listening, and here we go. Deborah, thanks for being on Hey Human. Thanks for having me, Susan. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Uh, how are you doing in general? Good, good, good. You know, trying to, I'm just getting back from LA, trying to adjust to this cold weather. But what were you doing in Los Angeles? <laughs> I had some meeting, business meetings with editors. I've okay. been writing for Billboard magazine for 24 years now. And oh went God. by and uh, saw my editor there and had dinner with her one night and, and saw some friends. And yeah. so it was kind of fun, you know, kind of fun trip, kind of work trip, a little both. How'd you get into journalism? I always wanted to be a writer. And uh, so when I was growing up, I was one of those kids that I was on the, the elementary school paper, the middle school, and editor-in-chief of the high school paper. And and at first, I thought I wanted to go into television news. Because oh. I remember when I was a senior in high school, we had a guy that came in and spoke to our class that was on the White House press corps. Oh, cool. So he talked about being on Air Force One and going and care, you know, covering all these really cool news stories and stuff. So I thought, well, that's what I want to do. I'm going to major in journalism and go into TV news. Well, that was not what I was cut out for. No. <laughs> I, I did. I worked for a TV station for a while in college. Yeah. And one day I had to go to a car accident. Another mm. day we had to go to a shooting. And I just thought, it just was so upsetting to me. And I thought, God made people that can handle this kind of job much better than me. I thought, I want to do something that I'm passionate about, and I love country music. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I worked my way through LSU as a country disc jockey and started freelancing articles to, like, the Shreveport Times, Shreveport Journal, like all the, the local newspapers and stuff. Like if Dottie West was coming to town or Kenny Rogers, I'd get a phone interview and advance the date, you know, set up the concert. Well, I love that you started as a as a radio person. That, that yeah. gives you an even more specialized understanding of, of the business and... 
music mm-hmm. itself. Oh, I, I loved working in radio. I mean, when I, I got that job at KRMD Shreveport, I thought, this is the life. I mean, I'm getting paid to play country music and talk to people. I mean, it's like, this is not work. <laughs> Do you have any fun. favorite stories from, from when you were doing interviews and on, on air? Oh, well, when you said favorite stories, the first thing that popped into my head is like, I just always believe the best in people, uh-huh. and I'm, I was never very wary of of any danger. I'm, I'm thinking now that I'm older, I'm better about being more cautious. But one of my favorite radio <laughs> stories was there was this little gentleman named Herman that would call me. Like for a while, my first shift, I'd work midnight to six. Mm-hmm. And then I, I moved you know, my way up to work in the seven to midnight slot and eventually work daytime. But when I was working midnight to six, there was this farmer named Herman that would call me every every morning at five o'clock when he got up. Told me you know, the morning his little granddaughter was born. He'd tell me what his crops were doing. And so <laughs> I didn't think anything about sending him a, a Christmas card and having my return address. Uh-oh. So then one day my dad opens the door. I was a college student living at home. And there's Herman with a, two big bags full of turnip greens. <laughs> and thankfully he was a nice man. I got to, I ended up being friends with him and his wife. They came to my wedding. You know, but I mean, nowadays you just don't know what kind of yeah. you know people are going to show up at your door. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But back then, I didn't think anything of it. Did you yeah. eat the turnip greens? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you my did. Daddy, oh, yeah. My dad knows how to cook some turnip greens. <laughs> but uh, as far as interviews, like my first big interview back then was the Oak Ridge Boys. Mm. Oh, my goodness. I remember interviewing them. They were doing a concert there in Shreveport, and I was just so excited to meet them because I'd been listening to them ever since I could remember. And they were such nice guys. I'm just incredible. And then, you know, years go by, and I get married. I use one of their songs at my wedding, a song Gary Burr wrote, Come Make My Life With You. I love Gary Burr. Oh, I know great. Gary. Yeah. He's great. And yeah. it's funny because the first he time I Georgia. ever... Yeah. Oh, I know. I, love, I know Georgia. Yeah. I love her. Good I talked people. to her in forever. Good people. And, uh, but it's funny. The first time I interviewed Gary, I mentioned, oh, I used one of your songs in my wedding. And he goes, stuff like that makes me nervous because if it doesn't work, I'll feel uh. like I had a party. <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 no. We've been married for a while. And at this point, we've been married 33 years. Yeah. I think so, things are going to be okay. I think so. <laughs> he made it over that first 30-year yeah. rough patch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Gary's an incredible songwriter. Oh, he he, is. he wrote one of my favorite songs uh, in front of the Alamo. Hal Ketchum. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Boy, I miss Hal. Like, somebody told me he's starting to do dates again. I, would, so, I think, I think he... I want to say he does... Um, uh, I've met his wife before and various things, and, uh, and she's really wonderful as well. And uh, I follow her here and there. I haven't lately, but on social media, and she talks about him a little bit. So He's I think a- he was, at least last year. Yeah, I, I hope so. He's a great If you're artist. not, you should be, Al, if you're listening. Yeah, <laughs> oh, you definitely need to be out there singing for people. That's, you know. <laughs> now, so, okay, uh, Oak Ridge Boys, who are mm-hmm. actually, so you are out talking about uh, these records, the Country mm-hmm. Faith records, yep. and they're on the first volume? Are they on? They're on several. We they're have, on several. Yeah, we have eight different volumes out oh, now. okay. Yeah, yeah. and the, the Christmas album is actually our eighth project, and uh, we've had two... Uh, oh, I know. Yeah, it kind of confuses yeah. me because they're coming fast and furious. We've had two new releases this fall. We did a, a Southern Gospel collection that came out in September, and then, the, of course, the Country Faith Christmas Volume 2, and the Oaks are on... They've been on several of the albums, and they're on the Southern Gospel collection, and one of the things I love so much about what I get to do is because I've been, I've been in Nashville 35 years. So the fact that I've been at this a long time, 
a lot of the artists I interview repeatedly, pretty much every time a new album comes out, and you get to know them really well. And uh, so, like, I've got to know the Oaks, and, and uh, Dwayne is just precious. I fell about a year and a half ago and broke my back, and he mm. was texting me, telling me he was praying for me, and mm. I lost my mom this this past spring. And he sent me this song. He said, this is going to be on our new album, and I hope it, hope it makes you feel better. Oh, that's and, so sweet. Isn't that sweet? Yeah. It's called Brand New Star. And so that's on the country face Southern Gospel, and it's just I love that song. It's talking about there's a brand new star up in heaven tonight. Oh, it's beautiful. It I'm beautiful. sorry about your loss. Oh, thanks. It's it, hard. It, it's, there's no easy thing to say about something like that. No, yeah. it's because she had always been really healthy, and she lived with us the last five years. My, she'd lived with my brother before and helped him raise his kids. He was a, a single parent, and when he got transferred to Kentucky, she moved in with us. And she just started feeling bad. And then I'd love to tell your your listeners, Susan, to anytime you feel like something is off, get it checked and get it checked soon. Because mom knew something was not right, but she just kept kind of brushing it off. And, oh, you know, I'll, I'll get it checked out. Or, oh, I'm sure it's nothing big. And well, by the time she finally had gotten really weak and really sick and couldn't get up one day and had us call the ambulance. And at that point they diagnosed her with lung cancer and it had spread to her kidneys and her liver and there was nothing they could do. Yeah. And I just, uh, every day I wish that she had, cause we were badgering her. I mean, we were like every day, like, you need to get that checked. You yeah. need to get that checked. There's real fear for people, you know, and they, that they feel like if they go in, they're going to hear the worst. Yeah. But of course, if they don't go in, it's going to be the worst. So and it's the lesser of two evils. Exactly. At least then they have a fighting chance. So yeah. and I think a lot of people are like that. They're afraid yeah. to get bad news, you know. Yeah. And and her brother had had cancer, and it had mm-hmm. been a really rough road. And mm-hmm. I think she had kind of had made up her mind that if something was wrong, she didn't want to do chemo and radiation and the things that he had done. It had prolonged his life. But it, he was really miserable there for a, you know, for over a year. So I think Mom had kind of decided. Well, she she had told us after because we were trying to talk the doctors into can you do anything mm-hmm. for her, and they're like, oh, no, we just you know. So she and made peace with it. She yeah, she mm-hmm. did. She said that she was at peace with it, and she knew that she was God was taking care of her, and she just remarkably just was not upset when when the doctor came and gave us the news. She said, well, I'm not really surprised, and I'm okay with this. And the rest of us were not okay with yeah. this. Yeah, I mean, we were, you know. God but, only cries for the living. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly, because I know where she's at, and she's up there with Jesus and my grandma, you know. So I know she's good. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be hard this Christmas with mm-hmm. her not being here. You yeah. Know? I'm sure, though, you, you feel her all around you and such. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do. I mean, and, and like when something good happens, I'll talk to her and tell her, you know. And yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. good. I mean, I think it. people stay alive forever as long as we continue to say their name, mm-hmm. you know. As long I agree as with we you. continue to, to mm-hmm. feel their presence, mm-hmm. then they exist. Yep. Yeah. I agree with you 100%, yeah. especially for, I have a little nephew that was like her great-grandson, and so Caleb is 11, and so, you know, he still talks about D all the time, so I love that he was old enough that he's always going to have those good memories, you know, mm-hmm. and talking about her like, keeps her alive for, mm-hmm. you know, for him and for everybody. Do you tell him stories about her and, and all that? And oh, yeah. yeah. Tell her <laughs> stuff that she used to do with us when we were kids and <laughs> how much easier she was on him. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, yeah, the grandkids and the great grandkids, I feel like, probably get the best of all the worlds because they, oh, yeah. they just get the good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, where did, how does your faith wrap around things like that when stuff like that happens? Because clearly you have a lot of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. how do you make peace with all these things? Where, where do you go with that? I take great comfort in the fact that God's in the middle of all of it. You know, I mean, like, I have have always believed in God ever since I was a little girl. You Mm -hmm. know, like, I really can't remember a time when I didn't know Jesus was looking out for me. You know, and and I always thought everybody thought like I did. And it was really a a big wake-up call as I got older to find out that people didn't believe in God. I'm like, how could that, how, what? (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Because that's just, that's where my strength and comfort comes from. And even when something bad happens, and I feel like, I feel like there's a reason for everything. And like when I fell and and broke my back, I was so embarrassing. I was getting out of the shower and walking across the bathroom and slipped on the tile Mm. and went down and, and fractured my L1 vertebrae. And it it didn't heal like it was supposed to. I ended up having to have surgery. And it was a long, it was like a months-long situation, you know, being flat on my back, taking pain pills. <laughs> and just, you know, it was just rough a rough recovery. But, and I remember at first thinking, oh, why did this happen, you know? But then I just, I thought, God has a reason for everything. And a good friend of mine told me, she said, I've been praying for you to you know, feel better and praying about all this is happening with you. And she said, I feel like God was protecting you from something. That he, like, there was something that you needed to slow down and stay home and stay stay out of, and that this was this was God protecting you. So that really made me feel better to see a, a sense of purpose in things. Mm-hmm. And um, the same thing with, you know, when mom passed away. But Christians aren't immune from tragedy. We're not immune from heartbreak. But we've got somebody to help us get through it, you know. And I can't imagine somebody, well, I have a good friend who's an atheist. And I'm like... Well, where do you think your mom is? Because his, his mom had passed on years ago. And he said, in the ground in New Jersey. I'm like, I don't buy that. I'm like, I just couldn't handle losing somebody I love if I didn't have the hope of seeing them again in heaven. So, What was their response huh? to that? He goes, well, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think the way you do, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I told him, I said, okay. I said, so what kind of car do you drive? And he's, he, this is back a few years ago. And he goes, Nissan Pathfinder. I said, okay. A solid if, car. Yeah, solid car. <laughs> and I said, okay. I said, so if you think that is the best car on the road, that is the vehicle that gets you where you are go- where you need to go safely and takes care of you. Do you not want to tell everybody that is the way to go? I said, and he said, so you're saying God is your pathfinder. I'm saying, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, God and my faith is a vehicle that gets me where I want to go. Heaven, God is what gets me through every storm, every difficulty. I'm like, I don't see how you operate without that in your life. So, anyway, he's. If anyone from Nissan is listening, I have a feeling they just (laughs) contacted the president of the company. Said, "Oh my gosh, God is our pathfinder. That's it." (laughs) The new ad campaign. You heard it here first. (laughs) Yep. Because that same friend, and I, I don't know where exactly he is now in his spiritual journey but that same friend I got cancer and this has been over a decade ago and that friend sent me a card and said he was praying for me mm-hmm. and I looked at my husband I said you know what if it took me getting cancer for my friend to talk, be talking to God I see purpose in this I'm good with it I mean and I just felt like 
there's a there are blessings in the middle of the roughest times. You mm-hmm. know, if you, mm-hmm. if you take a moment, look for them. So you're you know? a cancer as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goodness, you're, you're ticking off all the boxes, aren't you? <laughs> all the yeah, experiences. I, um, yeah, I had uterine cancer, okay. and it was a total shocker. I just had gone into, you know, for just routine gynecological mm-hmm. stuff, and the doctor just thought, well, well I'm, I'm in here checking things out. I'll do a biopsy. And so I was totally stunned. They called me, like, on a Friday. Like, I'd had the procedure earlier in the week to tell me. And I always thought they had to call you in and give you a hug and tell you have cancer. Nope. Told me over the phone. I'm like, to what? Wow. I'm surprised <laughs> I was that, too. shocked. Yeah. I thought, I've always thought it had to be, like, an in-person thing. But, no, I guess they can tell you over like, the phone. what's your favorite pie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always a big... <laughs> Yeah, and a red flag. <laughs> but I was, and I remember that that Friday, I was just like, I, you know, I mean, it was shocking news, and I like cried all weekend because, mm. like, at the time my son was thirteen, I didn't want to leave Trey, I don't leave my husband. But by Monday, I just had this peace come over me. You know, like the Bible talks about that peace sur- that surpasses understanding. I had that. I felt like if I go, I'm ready. Jesus and my grandma, I'll be up there with them. And then, but I thought, obviously, you know. If it's God's will, I want to stay down here and, you know, be with my husband and my son. But I just had this peace. And my friend Gina said, you know, you're the most cheerful little person with cancer I've ever seen. This is just kind of odd. And I'm like, well, no, I just felt like everything would be okay. That's and a great part of healing, too, is a, mm-hmm. a perspective like that, I think, brings brings about healing in general. Yeah. Oh, I know. I think a lot of, of healing is attitude. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just knowing that you're going to get better. You know, just praying and just, you know, obviously doing all the right things. And and for anybody out there that's suffering from anything, pineapple juice, it's got bromelain in it. That's like a very good healing agent. So I eat pineapple <laughs> every day. That's good for you. Yeah. yeah. Pineapple is great for it's you. It's a great anti-inflammatory. Um, mm-hmm. And it tastes really good. Exactly. <laughs> Pineapple's great for you. Yeah. But it's yeah. yeah. So, so I'm, you know, it's funny because. Brought to you by uh, Dole. <laughs> but yeah, so God has been, but you know, right there at every high point, low point, every point in between yeah. in my life. Just a constant comforting presence. And mm-hmm. as is music, I mm-hmm. assume. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. music. All kinds of music. Like, my son is, like, I love the fact that Trey listens to everything. Like, he loves the Eagles. He loves, like, Queen. He loves Foreigner. Like, all his classic rock taste. stuff. Yeah. Oh, he does, you know. <laughs> and then he introduces me to, like, Japanese pop music mm. that I can't even understand the lyric, but it's so much fun. I'm just yeah. singing and dancing in the truck, you know. <laughs> J-pop is great. I mean, oh, they yeah. usually pick out one or two English words and just sing that over and over again, too, which is so, <laughs> so much fun. It is. It's so catchy, yeah. you know. And I love Native American. American music, oh, and yes. the flute music, yeah, and, absolutely. and uh, I like the drums. Oh, I do too. Yeah, it's very I'm, peaceful. Yeah, so yeah. I just listen. I love all kinds of music, but country. I love Christian music. I love gospel music mm-hmm. for the messages and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there, I guess, because I grew up on it, there's just something about country music. I love country music. Well, how did <laughs> I was this... listening to Joe Diffie on the way over here. It's like ah, I just love country music. It's <laughs> yeah, good. It's good to be passionate passionate about your projects and. Oh, you, yeah. There, how did this all start? What, where did the, the country faith begin? Oh. It uh, kind of all started with a, a phone call from a literary agent, a guy named Jonathan Clements. He'd heard that Zondervan Publishing was looking for a writer that could put together a book of country artists talking about their favorite Bible verses. Oh. And so he got me a meeting with the publisher, Bob DeMoss. And it was Bob's idea to do this kind of book because one of the things that his, his you know, his uh, bosses had tasked him with was get people more engaged in the Bible. 
Carol. Um, so he thought, well, what better way to get country music fans, you know, more interested in reading their Bible than to find out, you know, what Brad Paisley's favorite scripture is or Carrie Underwood's favorite scripture. And so I, I got the deal, signed the contract. I had three months <laughs> to make the book happen. So that was a lot of phone calls, emails, you know, just talking to publicists, talking to, you know. It's a neat project, uh, though. Yeah. Oh, it was I so bet it much was fascinating. Fun. It was, because some people, like, immediately knew what their favorite scripture was. Like, didn't even have to think about it. Like, Miranda Lambert, when I asked her, I was actually interviewing her for another, you know, another project. And at the end of the interview, I kind of tacked it on and said, oh, I'm working on this new book, you know, asking people their favorite Bible verses. You can think about it and get back to me. I said, oh, I need to think about it. And, and tell me what her favorite verse in Proverbs was. And uh, Do you remember what was, it is? I don't remember exactly. It's the one where it's talking about family and talking about being a good wife mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and being a helpmate and stuff. I wish I could remember it exactly. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was, you know, something about family and stuff, which I thought was so cool. Yeah. And uh, but then Carrie Underwood, when I asked her, she, she said, oh, I have to think about it. Because she said, you know, I really love the whole book. <laughs> so I thought that was sweet. You know, but everybody has a, a scripture, or more than one. But that was, for a lot of people, that was hard to get it narrowed down to one scripture. And what's this book called? It's called Country Faith. Yeah. yeah. So that's what kind of kicked everything off was yeah. the first Country Faith book. And we thought, oh, it'd be really cool to have a companion CD. And so I had a friend at the time that was the head of Word Records. And uh, he just happened to ask me one day after a meeting, he said, oh, you know, what else have you been working on? I said, oh, I'm doing this book. And I said, and you know, we thought it'd be so cool to have a, a companion CD. He said, we'll do it. I'm like, um, really? I mean, is that easy to get a record deal? I mean, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was Rod Riley. I love him. And he's moved on. He's no longer the head of Word. But, uh, but yeah, he said, we, you know, we do a lot with country gospel music. He said, we'd be happy to do that. So that, therefore, this was back in 2013, I think it was, that um, our first book came out and uh, the first CD wow. that came out with it. And then a couple years later, we did the follow-up Country Faith Christmas, which was a book where people are sharing their Christmas memories favorite recipes and we've got all these cute photos like alan jackson when he was a little boy sitting on santa's lap mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and still and taller than santa probably so yeah <laughs> <laughs> i know he and my husband are both six four yeah. Is, yeah he's a tall man he is and he's oh and one of the sweetest people on the planet i love alan he's one of my favorites yeah, he, uh, he, him and his wife Denise are just good people. Mm, I've not yet met him, so oh, you'll yeah. love him. He's just he's very, you know, quiet and soft spoken, mm -hmm. and and uh, he's a good mustache. Yep, <laughs> he I does. My dad's mustache. <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's great. He knows everything about country music and cars. Like, oh um, yeah, I think I've read about that. He's really into cars. Oh yeah, matter I fact, love classic cars. Oh, I do too. As a yeah. matter of fact, I don't know that I'll ever get enough money to fix it up, but we're working on it. But I have a '78 Trans Am. Cool. Yeah, I love that. Remember the Smokey and the Bandit cars? Yeah. yeah. So it's, I it's love... kind of in pieces in the garage, but eventually I wanted. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. great. I love going to classic car shows. Oh, They're works too. of art. It's just, oh, it's they so are. neat to see the history. And there's so much pride in, in how mm -hmm. things were put together, and the yeah. interiors are stunning. I just love it. Mm -hmm. They're magical. It's, yep. it's neat. Oh, they are. And they don't make cars now like they used to. No. Back then, the, just the body styles and everything were just so cool and so different, and they were metal. You know, like nowadays, it's plastic or, you know, mm -hmm. aluminum. They're, you know, they just <laughs> they don't hold up like the way they used to, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so do you have a favorite of all the records that have come out that you've done? Ooh, that's hard. Oh, that's hard. 
Because they're all collections. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite uh, Christmas and or gospel song, just in general? Oh, yeah. Favorite gospel song is Amazing Grace. Mm, it's a oh, beautiful one. I mean, just, I just love that. That's mm -hmm. just my favorite song of all time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's funny. Something I did recently, they asked me for like my top five songs. That's that's hard. <laughs> you think I mean great song, mm -hmm. but um, there's a, a gospel group. I think they've disbanded, but they they were around for you know probably 20 years. The Bishops, mm -hmm. and uh, Mark Bishop wrote the song called "You Can't Ask Too Much of My God," and that's probably my second favorite behind "Amazing Grace." It's just a great song, mm -hmm. you know. And then anything Jason Crabb sings, I am oh that's right. <laughs> I love I the love song him. "Go Rest High." Oh, that song yeah. makes me cry. Me too. Yeah. And it seems like every funeral I've been to since Vince Gill wrote that, that you know, everybody always uses that as a, a great send-off. It's a great you know? touchdown, I think, for mm -hmm. for all for all the feelings that are encompassed in in that mm -hmm. yeah. in death. Mm -hmm. That's true. <laughs> yeah. What's what's your favorite gospel song? Uh, that one or that one? one that, yeah. Yeah. That for yeah. sure. Yeah. My favorite Christmas song. Yeah. Is uh. Let's see, either God Rest You, Merry Gentlemen, which Ooh. I love that song, or um, Angels We Have Heard on High. I think oh. that's my all-time favorite. I love that. Yeah, oh. I just, I love singing it. I love, I, it's funny because I get kind of curmudgeon-y if they start playing Christmas music before Thanksgiving. I get, <laughs> because I, I think that yeah. there is, the whole idea of the, com oops, the commerce of Christmas mm -hmm. makes me a little nuts because... Like anything, I think there's a magic to a season, whether it's spring, winter, fall, whatever, you know, mm -hmm. there's a, and for me, at least, the idea of bringing Christmas on too soon takes away the specialness of it. I agree with and you. And so for me, when I walk into a store at Halloween time mm -hmm. and I see Christmas stuff being put out, I think, really, like, can we just take a breath? Let's, let's at least get through Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And and yeah. experience that moment and experience, you know, experience our moments in those little insular pods, yeah. you know, but maybe I'm just... No, I agree with you. No, <laughs> no, I agree with you. Because some people just rush Grinch. the season. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like I couldn't believe how much Christmas stuff was coming out at Thanksgiving. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I... All that thing, even the, you know, the Black Friday, like, hurry up and buy as much stuff as you can. And all that stuff just seems to really miss the point yeah. for me you know but mm -hmm. i agree with you yeah i get I'm, i get caught up in that stuff a lot even like the veterans day sale i think you know what let the veterans have their day don't hack a, a sale onto it exactly all that stuff gets under my skin and oh. i i get it commerce rules the world but it's still i'm like you know it kind of feels icky to me i know some yeah. things should be sacred the sacrifice I, I so. of our veterans and the birth of our lord you know i mean just just every, every moment should be in its moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I think. You know, oh. but I'm just one person. What do I? Know? <laughs> no, I what, agree do with you have you. a favorite Christmas song? Oh boy, that's hard because there's so many good ones. I, um, oh, that's hard. Probably, I love Brenda Lee's "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree," and you know the, the cool she's thing is, she's a character. Oh, I love her. She's about she's, this tall, uh -huh. two inches tall, fits in my pocket. She, she <laughs> is so sweet. And you know, this year is the 60th anniversary of when she recorded that. Wow. She was 12. Isn't that something? That is Sixty something. years people have been grooving to that song. You know, I love oh that. Gosh, who wrote and, that one? Um, Johnny Marks. Okay. Yep. Okay. And she said she felt like she was so lucky to get that. You know, I mean, she, she was a twelve-year-old child. You know, and he'd yeah. written a lot of big stuff. And uh, but that, yeah, he wanted her to record it. And she talked about Owen Bradley stringing up the lights in the studio and making it all Christmassy for her. And 
And uh, that's just, so that's, I love that one. There's one on the Country Faith Christmas Volume 2, the new Christmas album, mm -hmm. called Do Not Be Afraid by John Barry. Mm -hmm. And I love that song. It's on John's Christmas album that came out a couple years ago. And a friend of mine, Scotty Wilbanks, do you know Scotty? Mm -mm. I don't um, think so. Scotty and Jason Weeks wrote that. Scotty um, toured with Third Day, mm -hmm. the Christian band, mm -hmm. and um, he's got a studio in, in near Atlanta. And uh, Scotty's one of the writers on that. And like I fell in love with it before I even knew Scotty wrote. <laughs> it's just because it talks about do not be afraid. You know, I bring good news. It's just, it's just such a great reminder of what Christmas really all about. Mm -hmm. You know, and life. Yeah, as well. Exactly. Yeah, that I am. I'm down with the the feeling that people get. Well, I mean, it's it's a tricky time of year, right? As you were talking about mm -hmm. not having your mom around, and mm -hmm. then it coming into Christmas time. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of people, um, the holidays have all sorts it's it's a gamut right mm -hmm. it can be very sad and very lonely and mm -hmm. and then it can be really exciting and and jubilant mm -hmm. and um that do not be afraid idea is mm -hmm. I, I think if people can find the thing that unifies us all all the different faiths have something going on mm -hmm. during december yeah and uh I don't know. I I would like to see the world say, "Oh, let me just reach out and hold your hand." That's why I always love the the Grinch is still Christmas when the Who of uh, Whoville mm -hmm. gather around the tree, <laughs> even though all their presents were stolen, yeah. and they're all happy and full of joy and love. And mm -hmm. again, Pollyanna me, but I just love that, and yeah. I I would love to have that, you know, carry through mm -hmm. every day. Yep. That lack of fear of mm -hmm. our brothers and sisters. You know? I know. And there's just that feeling at Christmas like people are just friendlier. People will say hello to total strangers or strike up conversations at, mm -hmm. at the mall with people give they don't charity, know. Give to charity. Give to homeless. Yeah. Uh, yeah the food banks. Every year I just think, oh, I wish that that, that good feeling and that goodwill like, was pervasive all year long. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Humanity, you know, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing. Being mm -hmm. a human being, we get it so is. caught up in our stuff and our fears that it's nice to remember that we're all in it together here and mm -hmm. there. And music is a great unifier. I mean, oh, totally. Whether or not you're a religious person, like for example, I grew up in a house. My dad was not religious, mm -hmm. but every holidays, you know, we'd have the tree and stuff. But um, there'd always be Christmas music playing, and everybody mm -hmm. was always singing it. Yeah. You know, because there's that great unifier mm -hmm. that. It just feels good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How mm -hmm. do you curate the records? How mm -hmm. do you pick the songs that are going to go on them? Oh, that's so hard every I time. I imagine <laughs> it's really hard. Especially because we have to get it down to like 15 or 16 Well, do the tracks. artists come in and say, I really want to do this song? Or do you really make the call? Well, it's me and uh, my business partner, Danny, and a couple of guys at the record company. Mm -hmm. But it kind of, I kind of start the list. Like, mm -hmm. here's what, you know, here's the things I think. And then everybody kind of piles on and makes suggestions. And and uh, and what's been really cool is, as, you know, Country Faith has grown, we have a lot of artists and managers pitching us. You know, at first it was just us trying to see, you know, what we could, what we thought we should, you know, put on there. And then what we could get permission, you know, from the other record companies and stuff. And, uh, but it's been great now we've got people saying oh i think you should you know check this out maybe you want to use this and that's wonderful that now people want to be a part of what we're doing and they're actively like you know trying to get on the albums which yeah. is cool but but yeah generally i kind of just start like making a list and then checking the guys it twice. will start yeah <laughs> 
and then we just kind of there's a great guy named John Chapman at the the record company at Word, and it's he has the hard job of like taking care of the logistics, you know, and and sending out the contracts to make sure that we have permission to use everything. And, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we just, and it's hard to, to cut it down. Like, even listening to the Christmas project, I'm thinking, I love this, but there's, you know, there's several more that I wish we'd had room for. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it has to have a flow. Obviously, mm-hmm. a record needs a flow so yeah. that it feels good all the way through. Exactly. And, and we try to, you know, sequence it to where, you know, we've got up tempos. And I try not to put, like, all of the female artists at the beginning, but kind of intersperse, you know, mm-hmm. male female voices and, mm-hmm. and stuff. And just kind of a flow to the the tempos and stuff and lovely yeah but yeah i love the christmas record i love country faith america we did a a patriotic project um i think that came out about a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. really loved that one and then we did country faith love songs back uh, last year and that was fun because it was songs of faith you know from a a, a, you know romantic songs but from a faith-based perspective you know stuff like uh, wade hayes has this wonderful song called god made me to love you and i just just think that's such a cool song and it was an album cut but i always loved that song so it was nice to be able to pluck that off that album and and you know and and give it extra attention Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's one of the things like on the the christmas record we have a brand new artist named liddy clark that recorded do you hear what i hear specifically for country faith oh i know she does such a great version she and her producer just got in the studio and just made it a whole new song. It's just so cool, their arrangement. And so we try to not only have the big artists, you know, Darius Rucker and Carrie Underwood and Chris Young, but Liddy on the new album and um, Hannah Kerr, who's a new Christian artist. Hannah's on this record and she's amazing. So it's nice to have the hits that people are looking for, but also, you know, give them something extra that, you know, introduce them to something good that they should be familiar mm-hmm. with, you mm-hmm. know. Not only do you support uh, seasoned veterans, as they say <laughs> in the music biz, but yeah. new, new, new voices oh. that are coming up. Yeah, we love to do that. I think that's so important. Like on the Country Faith America, we had uh, this duo, American Young, mm-hmm. that uh, yeah. are incredible. I love them, you know, so it was nice to be able to showcase, you know, they've got some incredible music. You yeah. Know, so. Is yeah. there a songbook that goes with the CDs? Like if people want to buy huh. a songbook so they can play the songs from the particular records? No, but that's a great idea, Susan. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm going to be calling my buddy at the record company going, hey, John. <laughs> Susan just had this great idea. <laughs> I think it is a good idea because it's yeah. it's always fun to have those kind of songbooks when you sit down at the piano or the guitar or whatever to yeah. play along with the records. That's true. I think that's a fun thing. Yeah, people love to do that. Yeah. You know? Thank you so much. Tell everybody how they can find you and all this oh. stuff. <laughs> Well, um, I am on Facebook under Deborah Evans Price, and uh, and check out countryfaith.com. Yeah, we've uh, it'll tell you all about our previous books and albums, and we have a line of jewelry for you know. I'm a girl; I love jewelry. I was all happy about that. Yeah, that's <laughs> been kind of a fun little offshoot of the the projects. But yeah, I mean, just check out Country Faith, and and uh, the the albums are in Cracker Barrel. Every time I go oh. in Cracker Barrel for some of that good country cooking, I like go buy the the CD rack there, and I just can't help them. Every time we go in, I'm telling my husband, look, look, there's country. And he goes, I know, honey, they're always here. I said, but it's nude. I'm excited every time. It's, yeah. <laughs> 
it's new to me all over again. I, guess I love that thrilled. little country store. You can find so much fun candy in there. Oh, yeah. That's what I was telling somebody yesterday. It's like you can find all the great candy like that you grew up with that you don't see very much yeah. anymore, you know? And they have that uh, fun pin jumping game. Oh, yeah. You know, where like, you, I, I can yeah. never do that. Are you good at that, Susan? I'm pretty good at that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, never, I don't think I have ever I'm managed to get that. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, uh, the oh, trick just, is to hold one pin and then dump the rest over your shoulder and then when no one's looking and then you're like look I'm a genius that's what I mean. <laughs> that's a good trick I will remember that Deborah thank you for being on oh, the show I thank really you for having it. me yeah. Susan thank you for making the world a better place oh, this is very important you. what you do uh, thank you I, mm-hmm. I feel it is as well thank and you. help bring help bring people together by reminding us that we're all more alike than we think we are absolutely amen to that yeah, yeah. <laughs> thanks everybody for listening bye thank you. goodbye